You are listening to the weekly sermon from Elevation Community Church in Blanchester, Ohio. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit myelevationcc.org. Well, good morning. My name is Pastor Phil Nelson, and it's an honor to be here. Um, Hopefully I will keep the energy up since we are technically an hour ahead now. We lost an hour So I just want to applaud all of you who made it today on time. And so we really appreciate that. And um, those of you who are watching online, um, thank you for joining us this morning. We're praying for you. We miss you. We love you. And know that there's always a place here at Elevation Community Church for you. As Brent mentioned, uh, can we give it up for the worship team, by the way? As Brent mentioned, um, we're doing a three-week series, and uh, this came on my heart about six months ago, and uh, so I'm I'm really excited about it. Uh, We here at Elevation Community Church, if you don't know, our vision, what we long to see happen here, day in, day out, in the building, out of the building, in our community and around, we long to see real life change. How many of you through Jesus and maybe through this church or another have experienced real life change? Yeah, we want that for everybody who comes into these doors or who turns our YouTube channel on or who listens to a message. We want God to meet with them and them to respond to God's great message. But we wanna see real life change through worship encounters. Meaning as we worship God, he meets with us and does the life change that only he can do. And then we partner that with real disciple making. So this series truly fits our heart and vision here at Elevation Community Church. This is called a worship playlist. We're not just going to teach from the lyrics of the song. We're going to see how the lyrics match up and affirm the word of God. Not every worship song or Christian song that you hear necessarily aligns with this, believe it or not. And we're not going to pick apart songs or anything like that here. Um, But uh, these three songs, we would love for you to download on your mind and your heart. And the messages that come from these songs, I pray that they would help uh, transform how you live out your life. I think I'm, I'm guessing right when I would say that most all of us have at least one playlist on whatever music app we have, right? We make a playlist, right? Many of us, like myself, who loves music, I'm listening to music all the time, I have tons of playlists, like tons. And so the playlists vary, right? We want to set the tone and we want it to even alter or impact our mood, right? Well, if we don't, we we still do because that's what music does. It influences us. Parents, watch what your kids are listening to. It impacts them and influences them. Listen to the lyrics of the song that they're listening to. So, playlist. 
We, we, we create a playlist, what, for exercise, so it's upbeat and it keeps us going and it energizes us. We sometimes play music, if you have younger kids, you play music that gets them to jump and to dance and you have fun. We call them dance parties at our house. But then there's times where you have playlists where they're just very soft and quiet for reflection, for peace, and even many of you have soft music playlists that you fall asleep to. Music impacts us. Music is a powerful tool for worship, but music doesn't equal worship. You can worship God without music. Worship is not song. Worship is a response to God's greatness however you express yourself. The American church, however, has weighed very heavily on music, which isn't a bad thing, but so often when you ask the average church attender what worship is, they will say singing songs. So whether you sing or whether you don't like singing, music is powerful because it helps us draw closer to God if we let it. And so we just want to give you three songs the next three weeks to download on your mind and your hearts. And we gave you a sneak peek of the three songs that are on the series image. So if you'd like to get a head start for next week and start listening to the song, you can do that. But those are the three songs we're going to feature for the messages. Would you uh, just pray with me one more time? Father, um, I just give you... I give you this moment. I give you this message, come and transform it, God, and open our hearts, our eyes and ears and our tired bodies to you in Jesus' name, amen. Song is called Rain Above It All by Paul McClure and Bethel Music. I do wanna say this. You know, we live in a world where the church is under a microscope, right? Would you all agree? And there is such a wide span of worship and even church doctrine, the way people do church. There are some churches that may have a bad name or a bad reputation with some of you. Some of you may not agree with some of the pastors that lead these church movements that are Um, producing worship music across the globe. I just want to let you know that that's okay, but please don't throw the baby out with the bathwater just because you may not agree with a pastor or a church movement because maybe you don't know really what they stand for. You're just hearing social media rumors. Don't throw out powerful song that draws you into the presence of God because people. Look at King David. He wrote worship. He wrote the Psalms and look what happened in his life. And yet he was called a man after the heart of God. God uses everything for his glory. So I just want to say that when we do songs that maybe are written by a movement that you don't know anything about or maybe you think you know everything about. It's okay. 
We're worshiping God. We're not worshiping a songwriter. We're not worshiping the lyrics of a song. We're worshiping the God who created song. Amen? Just wanted to say that. So let's look at the chorus of this song. By the way, at the end of the message, the band's going to do it again, and we're going to erupt in worship because we understand and have a deeper meaning of what this song means. Reign above it all. Let's look at the chorus. It says, you reign above it all. God reigns above it all, over the universe, all of it, and over every heart. There is no higher name. Jesus, you reign above it all. Let all the heavens and the earth erupt in song. Sing hallelujah to the everlasting one. There is no higher name. Jesus, he reigns above it all. You open the Bible and go to your index or you search online for the word reign in scripture and you're going to see that this word or this theme is constantly threaded in and through the Bible. There are scriptures upon scriptures upon scriptures that refer to the powerful, ever-present all faithful and everlasting kingdom and reign of King Jesus. It's all through scripture. However, let's be very honest. Let's be incredibly honest. Most of us do not use the word reign in our terminology and our vocabulary today. It's just not in our culture, right? I mean, I guess maybe if you say Michael Jordan and LeBron James and you have a debate of who reigns, the court, but we don't really understand the magnitude of this word because we live in a democracy, thank God, but we don't live in a biblical kingdom and we don't experience that. So we need to understand the biblical definition and why this is so important in the country of America, United States of America, which friends, just so you know, the United States of America at some point will no longer be the United States of America. What? No, all kingdoms and all nations will fall and the kingdom of God will rise and reign. So if you're devoted and your main and only allegiance is to the country or nation you live in, listen to this message. So the kingdom definition is this. Reign means the effective range, the effective range or power, magnitude, impact of one's will the effective range of one's will. Let's look, let's just look at um, the king's reign in a kingdom. What that means is the kingdom reigns and rules over everything in that kingdom. People don't have much of a say. They don't have choices. Everything runs under the rule and reign of the king of the kingdom. Let's look how this works out in the Bible. There's three scriptures here I'm gonna give you and all three of them are in the Old Testament. Number one is Psalms 93. Number two is Job 42. 
And number three is Daniel 435. Let's read those. Psalms 93. Here we go. The Lord reigns. He is robed a king always wore a robe. Royalty, authority, and majesty. The Lord reigns. He is robed in majesty. The Lord is robed. He has put on strength as his belt. Yes, the word is established. It shall never be moved. Could you read verse uh, two loud and strong with me? Here we go. Your throne is established from old. You are from everlasting. That's God. Let's go to Job. Job 42.2 says this, I know that you, God, can do all things. Do you know that your God can do all things? Do you? Let me ask you again. Do you believe that your God can do all things? Amen. Thank you. And that no purpose of God's will be thwarted. We need to understand that, that when it looks like things are going wrong, that nothing can thwart or change the plans of our God. Nothing, nothing can separate us from the love of God. Daniel Chapter 4, verse 35, Daniel was a prophet. And he saw into the future in the end times. And this is what he said about God's reign. He says this, for his dominion, his dominion is an everlasting dominion. Maybe that's not it. 435, I put in the wrong scripture. Guess what? Get your Bibles out. Let's go to Daniel. I wanted to blame it on Ernie, but I can't, I can't do that. Daniel, let's go. Come on, come on, come on. Pull out your Bibles, your, um, your phones. I understand a lot of you don't have reception uh, in here. So I understand that's probably why you're not pulling out your phones. Daniel. Daniel 4, 35. Oh, I love the sound of those pages. 35. Are you there? Here we go. For his dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom endures from generation to generation. All of the inhabitants of the earth are accounted as nothing. And he does according to his will among the host of heaven. And none can stay his hand or say to him, what have you done? God rules and reigns, period. Period. He rules and reigns. And so I'd like to now take the rest of our time to look at verse 1. Verse two, and the bridge, and let's see what kind of message comes out of this song. And maybe this is even the basis of how the song was written. So the first point I'd like to guide you through in verse one is this. God 
reigns over the curse of sin and darkness. When all looks lost, when everything looks hopeless, God is still in control. Even when sin entered the earth, God was not shaken. God was not taken back. God did not lose his power. God was still on the throne. Are you with me? So let's look at that verse. It says, the reign of darkness. There is a dark reign that hovers this earth. And we're going to see in Genesis chapter 3. So if you have your Bibles, turn to chapter 3 of Genesis, the first book in the Bible. The reign of darkness still right now on this earth, even though Jesus defeated the darkness, it is still reigning on this earthly realm. And yet God is still in control. Let's look at verse one. The reign of darkness has ended. In the kingdom of light, forever under your dominion, your authority, God, Jesus, your faithfulness and your rule and reign. The kingdom of heaven, by the way, is God's rule and reign. That's what kingdom means. When you say, I belong to this kingdom, you're saying that whoever is on the throne in that kingdom rules and reigns you. Who rules and reigns in your life? Forever under your dominion, you're the king of my life. Let's look at Genesis 3, verses 14 through 15. Man and woman sinned, and God is now confronting them of their sin. And he's confronting the tempter, the serpent, Satan, for bringing upon this temptation to resist and reject God and his plans and his commands. And the Lord says to the serpent, because you've done this, Cursed are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field and on your belly you should go. That's why most of you hate snakes. And dust you shall eat all the days of your life. Keep going. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. This is God ruling and reigning in the text, saying you have not won. You may think you defeated me, but there is a time, oh Satan, there is a time when my offspring will be raised through the line of David, David, through the line and the heritage or the offspring of Abraham. And through the Virgin Mary, there will be a Messiah, one who will bruise your head and bruise his heel. We now know that as Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Even when sin exploded into the universe and impacted all of us to the point that when we are conceived in our mother's womb, we are conceived with the curse of sin. 
Why do I think the way I do? Why do I crave the things I do? Why do I do the things I do? It's because the curse of sin has stained your nature. And yet God said, I have a plan. Before the foundations of the world, before sin ever came from Adam and Eve, God ruled and reigned above it all. And he loved us so much that he sent his one and only son to die for us, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life with him who rules and reigns. That's the good news of the gospel, friends. And that leads us to the second verse of the song and the second point of this message, that Jesus, King Jesus, reigns over it all. It's Jesus that has been elevated and enthroned above all creation. He formed creation. He was God and was with God. He was divine in the flesh. He was the son of God and yet the son of man to walk in our place and take our death. That's Jesus Christ. Look at the verse that says, on the cross, the work was finished. Say finish. I want to tell you something. The sin that you committed this morning, the sin that separates you from God, because of Jesus' work on the cross, it is finished. Your sin is forgiven and cleansed. All you have to do is look to the cross and receive his forgiveness. The work on the cross is finished. God, you poured out your life to give us new life. You see, that's the difference. You don't just keep living into the sin nature when you've been saved by Jesus Christ. Being saved by Jesus Christ is three things. You ready? Number one, you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ raised from the dead and is Lord. You confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. And three, you receive his life to take over. You receive a life change. Jesus called it, you're born again. You are literally changed from death to new life. Does your life show that change? If it doesn't, friends, we need to go back to the gospel. We need to go back to believing confessing and receiving. Because one who calls upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ is saved, but friends, you gotta receive it and you gotta allow the sin nature to die so that the new life of Christ can live. It is a constant death from day to day. Jesus reigns over it all. Now from the lips of the forgiven, if you're forgiven, these are your lips that cry, Jesus, you're alive. We don't just say that with celebration on Easter. We say it every day. Because he's alive, we can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know who holds my future. And life is living, worth the living, because he lives. That's the power of the resurrection. 
Let's look at Philippians 2 on how Jesus now is enthroned and reigns above it all. Let's look, Philippians 2. Who, talking about Jesus, though he was in the form of God, he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. What that means is he did not come to this earth as the king ruled in majesty, royalty, authority, dominion, power to overthrow Rome. He came as a humble, meek, lowly, emptied servant to die in your place. Look at this. He emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, And being found in human form, he humbled himself to the point of death, even the point of death on a cross. We end that scripture right there, but it doesn't end there at all. Keep going. Therefore, God has highly exalted him, amen, and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. Am I the only one getting excited in this place this morning? The name that is above every name so that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's our King. That's Jesus. So it leads us to our third point. Is Jesus the king of your life? Is he the pilot of your airplane? Does he have complete rule and reign in your mind, in your will, in your emotions, and in your body? This is the amazing thing about King Jesus. And the love of God the Father, he still rules over you and reigns over you, but he never barges in. He is waiting and standing and knocking. He rules over you. He reigns, and one day, every knee will bow. Every tongue, including yours, including mine, will confess that Jesus is Lord but he still stands and waits for you to open the door of your life to him. And when you do, everything changes because Jesus is king and he rules and reigns over it all. Let's look at Colossians 3, excuse me, Colossians 2 verses 13b to verse 15. To prove this point, that he rules over your heart and mine, and he did it once and for all on the cross and when he was resurrected from the grave. Look at this. God made us alive together with him, Jesus Christ, by canceling, say canceling, canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside by nailing it to the cross. He disarmed, say disarmed. He disarmed the rulers and the authorities. Remember the serpent in the garden. He disarmed him. He bruised his head and his heel. 
I love how the Bible answers itself from the beginning to the end. He set aside by nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. Let's look at the bridge of that song. You sent the darkness running. Where in your life is darkness where you need King Jesus to bring the kingdom of light, to cast that darkness running? Do you understand that the demons of hell believe Jesus? They know who he is and they tremble. And at the name of Jesus, they scatter. Have you ever taken a can of Raid on an anthill and just spray it? That's what the kingdom of light does to the kingdom of darkness. So many of you are living in the darkness of anxiety, worry, depression, fear, shame, and guilt, and darkness is ruling and reigning in your life. All you have to say is, Jesus, I need you. Let your kingdom of light come. And guess what the Bible says? The darkness will flee and run from you. Do, do you believe that? First Peter chapter 5. Go to your, go, uh, we got a couple minutes left. Go to First Peter. Come on, everybody, on your phones. First Peter, I'm going to teach you something this morning. Look at this. Woo! Come on, the word of God should get us excited. Look at this, guys. Look at this. I'm getting there. Verse six. Verse six. Ready? Humble yourself. It means stop being king. Stop sitting on the throne, which was never created for you. Under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time, he may exalt you. Casting all anxiety on him. You know what? I love fishing. I cannot wait for it to get warmer. I, who loves fishing? I love it. It's one of my favorite things to do. And there's something so freeing about pushing that button or flipping that. Uh, um, uh, thank you. Flip. I, I love it, but I don't fish with a bail. I fish with the real thing that you don't need to flip that bail thing. Um, but there's something so freeing about casting that line and just watching it go. Friends, when's the last time you've cast your anxiety just out and let it just land wherever it needs to land, wherever Jesus would send it? We need to cast our anxieties on him like that because he cares for you. Here it is, ready? Be sober-minded means be awake and alert. Be watchful for your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to what? Devour. What's it say? Resist him. Hello, don't run. He's the one that's supposed to run from you. Resist him. Stand firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced across the globe. 
Jesus reigns. Jesus rules. And if you allow him to sit on the throne of your life, he will change it and take you places you never thought to go. And if that wasn't enough, I want you to watch this video with the words of one of my favorite preachers of all time, John Piper. Would you watch this? If there's anything admirable, if there is anything worthy of praise in all the universe, it is summed up in Jesus Christ. He is always infinitely admirable in everything and over everything supreme. Over all galaxies and endless reaches of space, over the earth, from the top of Mount Everest, 29,000 feet up to the bottom of the Pacific Ocean, 36,000 feet down in the Mariana Trench in the Pacific Rim. He is sovereign and supreme over all plants and animals, from the peaceful blue whale to the microscopic killer viruses. He is supreme over all weather and all movements of the earth, hurricanes, tornadoes, monsoons, earthquakes, avalanches, floods, snow, rain, sleep. He is supreme over all chemical processes that heal or destroy cancer, AIDS, malaria, flu, and all the amazing grace of antibiotics and a thousand healing drugs that we do not deserve. He is supreme over all countries and governments and armies. He's supreme over Al-Qaeda and the terrorists and the kidnappings and the suicide bombings and the beheadings. He is supreme over Bin Laden and Al-Zarqawi. He is supreme over all nuclear threats from Iran and Russia and North Korea. He is supreme over politics and elections and debates on Thursday. He's supreme over media and news and entertainment and sports and leisure. He's supreme over all education in universities, no matter what they teach. And he's supreme over all scholarship and science and research. He's supreme over all business and finance and industry and manufacturing and transportation. And he's supreme over the internet and all informational systems. As Abraham Kuyper famously said, there is not one square inch on planet Earth over which the risen Christ does not say, mine, and I rule it. I am supreme over We must know this Christ. And though it may not seem to you as though he holds such supreme rule now, it is but a matter of very short time until he comes with the glory of his Father and all his angels in flaming fire giving relief to those who trust him and absolutely destroying to the uttermost in everlasting conscious torment those who have rejected him, saying, where is your God? Would you stand? Obviously, this video was made seven years ago, so they forgot that he is... Lord and supreme over Ukraine, 
He is supreme over Russia, China, Korea, and Africa, and the United States of America. Jesus is supreme over COVID, over all sickness and death. Jesus is king. Will you worship him this morning by just letting him reign and rule, giving him space and room to have his way? In Jesus' name, let us all worship together. Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. If you'd like to go deeper with another resource from our church, please check out our weekly Impact Bible Study podcast as well. Both of our podcasts are available on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud.